coffee straight away. Uh, Bert Jansen, Needle of Death, hugely chilling uh, song about his friend who died from a heroin overdose. Now, I mentioned the Yarnell fire disaster, which happened in 2013. Now, it's... Only the Brave came out uh, around the middle of last year in America in November here. It only made a paltry $23 million on a budget of nearly 40 And I don't understand why. It takes a, a very much Deepwater Horizon look at the event very straight through. There is a lot more going on here, though, than Deepwater Horizon because the events leading up to the, the crisis are told in great depth. Um, this director, uh, Joseph Kosinski, is a very interesting one. He, he first came to prominence with Tron Legacy, which wasn't a great film. It did look stunning. And then Oblivion, the uh, Tom Cruise sci-fi misfire, was all right, but it wasn't a very good film. But his next two films are Top Gun and The Twilight Zone. So he's obviously been thought of as somebody for major big projects, and you can see why. This film takes the... Uh, Josh Brolin character, um, real life, Eric Marsh, who leads a firefighting group and they're basically treated as, as uh, second-class citizens by these teams called hotshots who are like much better paid than they are and certified by the government and they're like tier one, whereas his group are only tier two and they get the crap jobs and they're not respected even though they're very, very good at their job. They need to get certified and that only usually happens at a federal level. It's not usual for the local municipal fire department, I guess maybe volunteer fire department, they call it here, but these people were paid to get a certification. It was the first time it had ever happened. And most of the movie is actually following him trying to get his squad through this certification process. Um, Miles Teller plays a junkie and he's also in the squad the cast is amazing um basically miles teller is um one like one thing i really really liked about this film and it's even though it's so close to Deepwater horizon it's much more complex on a human level um basically josh brolin is uh, trying to grab bag these people together and train them up and make them into this elite platoon that can get this certification get much more pay They've all got long-suffering families and everything like that. And um, that's basically the movie. And towards the end, you get to... You're actually in the Yarnell fire in all its terrible glory. Uh, but one thing I really liked about it... And, this, it's, you know, it's plot-wise, it's, it's them getting the certification and then going through this tragic event, which cost almost all of them their lives. But what I said about Deepwater Horizon being so good is that it left out all of the superfluous guff that you normally get in films. There was hardly any of the family stuff or the wife or anything. This actually has a lot of that, but it wins because it makes all of those people so interesting. The second biggest character in this is an excellent performance by Jennifer Connelly as, Jeff, as Josh Brolin's wife. And they have a hugely complex and quite touching relationship. You find out late on that they've both been addicts. And he still goes to AA meetings. And he sort of looks down at Miles Teller, who's an ex-junkie. But he, Miles Teller's character, has joined the fire force because he got a woman pregnant. And he didn't want the child to go through what he went through without having a father. And for Josh Brolin, he made the decision when he married Jennifer Connelly never to have children. And he still feels that way. And she doesn't anymore. Um, it's got lots of these complexities going on behind the scenes. They're really touching and they really flesh out the relationships 
which is the exact opposite of Deepwater Horizon, which was straight through. Here, there's an awful lot going on. It's quite a long film, nearly two and a half hours. And the actual events, um, the, the last half hour is pretty stunning um, of, the, of that fire. But the fire throughout, it's almost like a new way of looking at fire. I mean, you think about forest fires and the way that they move. Here you get to see them. If you imagine, like you know, you walk, you can walk away from a forest fire. These things are going at like sixty k an hour, and that's how fast everything ignites. There is no way of outrunning these things, and the way they show fire in this film is—I've never seen it done before. Obviously, backdraft is is a, a reference point, but um, the fire here is so demonic and frightening, and it's like a tidal wave rather than a fire you know these people aren't walking away from this thing they're driving at high speed in cars and it's catching up to them and the director throws in so many beautiful moments and shocking sort of um, sequences and very artistic things right at the start you're showing this old guy coming out to a swimming pool seeing this helicopter draining his swimming pool but the way it's shot is stunning breathtaking and there's this sequence in the movie where you watch these pine, massive pine trees on fire falling off cliffs into the ocean. That's so beautiful as well. And then it juxtaposes this image of the firefighters relaxingly watching this thing. And within a second, you're with Jennifer Connelly in her car and she has this almighty shocking car crash. And then it again shocks you by the, the next sequence is her turning up to work without a care in the world, pretending that nothing had happened. So there's lots of flourishes throughout this film and lots of the fire is, is beautiful and terrifying. It's, it's like thunderstorms. You get this huge bubbling grey void coming towards you that's eating up all the land. I thought it was really interesting. This is a two and a half hour movie about firemen. You don't see them pick up a hose. All of the work they do is backburning. They basically race into these forest fires and, and uh, wildfires and as fast as they can, they just dig away or backburn as much of the fuel as possible to um, to get out of it. Um, and I think he's done a brilliant job as a director here. I don't understand how this film's failed. The cast is amazing. Josh Brolin is absolutely fantastic. Ironically, Jeff Bridges is in this film. Josh Brolin is more Jeff Bridges than Jeff Bridges is in this film. He, he's one of my favourite actors at the moment, Josh Brolin. He's always got the same sort of, I guess, Clint Eastwoody sort of feel to him. But he's a really good actor, and he works so well with Jennifer Connelly, who it's great to see in a very strong role here. Miles Teller from uh, Whiplash, the drumming movie, which got nominated for an Oscar for, is excellent. It might be a cliched role, the junkie that wants to make good to provide for his daughter or whatever, but he's never shown like the, the couple are together. And he brings a dignity. Sometimes he's a little bit mannered in his performance but you really do buy him in the role elsewhere there's lots of great great people taylor kitsch i think is a really underrated actor and never gets a look in ben hardy's excellent in it andy mcdowell turns up in it jeff bridges is obviously good he's good in everything but the whole cast is is filled with these sort of semi-veteran people some of whom haven't really been in uh, anything big for a very long time but all turn up here and are excellent and it really is a, a touching portrait of these men. It's a very warm portrait of who they are as people. And even though it pulls its, you know, macho prank calling and, 
you know, that kind of stuff that you get in all of these movies, it earns its stripes. It really does. There are some moments where they probably push it a bit too far, but it earns it because you've invested in these people and their outside lives. Taylor Kitsch is really interesting because he's just he's just this sad sack romantic, and he falls hopelessly in love with this woman, and everyone's probably shouting to the screen, "No, don't go near her!" And he's obviously ends up heartbroken. Um, there are beautiful sequences throughout. The cinematography is amazing, um, and I thought he helmed it really, really well. It's finely acted. It's finely shot. Um, like there's a there's a heartbreaking scene near the end. Miles Teller is the only one that lives because he was sent to be the scout at a different location. He nearly dies as well, but he comes back and he turns up at the school hall, and all of the wives are in there. It's quite a bit on the upsetting side the way that it it doesn't just go f- for like you know the heroic end. Um, you actually see these women looking absolutely devastated. And when he walks in as the only survivor, no one's happy he's alive because they all know one person lived and they didn't know who it was. So there's only like two people in the whole room that are actually happy to see him. Everyone else is devastated. He was the one that made it. And it just it's, it's a really good, satisfying film. I think it's a little bit better than uh, Deepwater Horizon. And it's certainly got more substance on a human level because that didn't really bother with that too much. Um, They both look fantastic. They both tell the story straight down the middle. And the last half hour is harrowing, absolutely harrowing, as this terrifying fire. They basically spend the whole movie putting out these fires in different locations and then they get their certification they become like the the hotshots. They're literally called hotshots. And as soon as they do, they all get killed. Uh, and this, that's pretty upsetting, and the way that you know the, the wives and, and girlfriends react to it is, is pretty heartfelt as well. So I think this is a great film. I think it's really, really worth watching. Only the Brave, a total bomb, but brilliant film. I'm going to give it 8.5 out of 10 for Only the Brave. Out on DVD now, by the way, so catch it, because if you liked Deep War Horizon, I think this was a tiny bit better.